Welcome to the Three Vital Vs. My name is Paul Davidson. And I am Scott Norman. And on this episode, we're going to be continuing to talk about value, specifically the value of 21st century mediums in the classroom. So when I think 21st century mediums in the classroom, immediately what pops into my head is another class that I'm actually in, in which I have been doing research on cell phone or specifically smartphone use in the classroom because, sorry, you know, those Nokia 3310s just don't qualify. And in the research, as I was doing kind of the background on it, what I found is that there are two main areas that research will focus on. One, when they're researching classroom use of smartphones, it is why it has a whole bunch of negative effects and what those effects are on students. Another one is what happens when you ban smartphones and how to ban smartphones in schools. The problem there is, the big gaping hole in the middle is, what is the way to effectively use smartphones in the classroom? And for me, I think the biggest thing that people are kind of worried about is social media, don't you think? Yeah, social media gets a pretty bad rap, and it's the big thing that gets vilified. But in reality, there's a lot of benefit that comes from having social media. For one, social media is the media that students feel the most comfortable in. Mm -hmm. Sure, there is stuff that's associated with cyberbullying. There's stuff that is associated with like the stranger danger side of the internet. But at the end of the day, social media is where our students are spending the majority of their literate lives. And so it is kind of detrimental to us as teachers to ignore it. Because it's valuable to our students, we need to find value in it ourselves and figure out how to tap into that gold mine that we are ignoring. So this kind of brings back to mind for me the conversation that we just had in valuing various linguistic styles like you know we wouldn't tell someone no speak English writer I won't listen to what you're saying that's kind of the vibe I'm getting here that we aren't valuing the media itself because there's this standard of if it's not in a you know book that's an inch if it's thick, not in APA format it oh, is I hate AP so yeah anyway point being that APA formatting is like that standard American English you talked about last time where it's the thing that we kind of force students to come to the classroom and then say no you can't do this in a tweet you can't do this in a forum posty style thing can't do it in a podcast you have to do it in a five paragraph essay that follows this exact thing and in doing so, it's the exact same thing we're doing to kids when we tell them, no, you can't talk that way. And on top of that, I know that a lot of people are like, oh, but we have to prepare our students for their future endeavors. But a lot of our students aren't necessarily planning on going into academia. And if we really want them to get into academia, saying, no, you have to start here instead of starting where they're at and helping pivot them towards the more academic concepts is going to be a no starter for a lot of them. And besides even those things students find a lot of their like personal value in social media like their actual self-worth i guess they're finding through these things that they're they see using. their identity in there yeah their identity a lot of that comes down to the fact that the internet specifically social media provides a wide range of possible interests that people talk about from a wide variety of backgrounds it is a very uh, democratizing type of forum for people to interact with and so like we have a former student who was all about cars mm -hmm. and so a lot of the stuff that we do academic in class is not going to be about cars but if i can help push him towards that particular purpose and find information that is all about how this particular formula one race car uh, performs at this particular type of high performance speed that he is getting more value in that and he is actually able to become more engaged and build up his ability to read more than if i said all right here read this article about spain yeah and i think for me i saw that exact same example with him because he never talked in class never participated but on the days i let them
and bring in their own articles, it was always about a car, and he loved to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, your article of the week thing mm-hmm. that you do, that's essentially you playing into the social media aspects that these kids like, because what's a big thing that people do on social media? I mean, you share news articles all the time. Yeah, and that's essentially what you're doing, but you're bringing that aspect into the classroom to help tap into this knowledge. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way, but it really is like, hey guys, we have a massive Facebook wall post. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. So it really does then, social media, because of the wide range of views and kids being able to connect with people like them or that agree with them and see that, it really does end up, therefore, adding both volume and variety. There's a lot that you can mine and have access to. And on top of that, anybody can really talk about it. Now, there's some drawbacks to that, but that's part of the thing that we're going to be talking about next is that despite the fact that most people view teenagers nowadays as digital natives, they still need to have some guidance. They actually still need to use traditional literary skills to help them navigate these waters a little bit more effectively. So when you say that, what do you mean when you say they need traditional literary practice. Well, both of us know as people who are trained in reading and understanding that there is a bias that is involved, so they need to understand where those biases are coming from. They mm-hmm. need to understand that sometimes they need to seek out other points of view, other sources in order to help confirm or deny those particular biases. And really, for my students, that's a huge thing because we're doing government stuff, right? And so all the time you see social media where people will share an article and the facts aren't even necessarily wrong, but They've twisted those facts because they've chosen to leave out seven other facts. You know, they just didn't throw in there. Yeah, they're framing an argument in a particular fashion. They are deciding to only focus on one particular portion of it instead of bringing it out and showing the bigger picture, which that's the thing we need to help students understand is that they grew up in this world. They think that this is how they need to navigate it, but we need to help them understand that, yes, there are people that are out there trying to take advantage of them. There are people trying to manipulate them just so they can have their attention, just so they can get those sweet, sweet views. And that's the big deal is that regardless of whether or not we allow social media into the classroom, I'm doing air quotes, they're going to be facing all of these things that they could use literary tools to figure out. But if we don't allow social media in the classroom at all, they're not going to be prepared to deal with those things. And so the value that they already find in it is going to be actually enhancing their ability to understand these English concepts because they can use it. Exactly. It's just plain outright silly that us as educators will completely ignore a particular aspect of the world that is very important to our students, that is something that is a vital aspect of it, and just because it does not fall in line with what we traditionally view as school, we shun it to a side to let our students navigate it and fall into its traps. It's the kind of same idea of like, now if you go into a classroom It is not at all considered strange to have a smart board or a television up there that you can click through slides or do something like that. Whereas at one point in time, that would be considered, you know, near heresy. You've got to be writing the thing on the board and copying off of the board. And now we look at that and we're like, well, no, obviously that doesn't make sense. Media has moved on and we need to embrace that. So the question then becomes, how then, if we are going to bring this into the classroom, how do we bring value to social media and allow students to be prepared to bring good, well-reasoned information to social media themselves. There's two ways that this happens. Okay. 
the first way is just to allow social media to be read as text. I know a lot of teachers already bring podcasts, YouTube videos, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But heck, bring tweets in. Look at the president's tweets. Evaluate how, <laughs> how those go. That'll be funny. Yeah. Play. Bring in Snapchat stories and see how those were particularly put together. Bring in TikToks and see how you can look at those through a critical lens. Bring in memes because that's the new political cartoon that students Absolutely. latch onto and actually can wrap their head around certain concepts. So just allowing those in as text is the first way. Okay. The second way is to allow them to create those texts in response to an assignment. So letting them do a podcast, depending on what it is, you might not necessarily say that the entire assignment could be a TikTok, but let's say you have a bunch of questions they need to answer. Why can't they answer them via a TikTok style video? Okay. That brings to mind something. When I first started teaching, I'm talking, I was still in student teaching. I thought it would be so cool to allow my kids to do a political cartoon as a project. You know, they get points for it. And I was like, I can see their style. I can see all this. And I gave it to them and they're all like, Ugh, this is awful. And yet those exact, no, not those exact same students, but the exact same generation of students here, I know for a fact, because we've done a podcast about it, are great at creating memes. And a lot of those memes are overtly political. And I just never really made that equation back and forth of I could assign them, make a meme about what is currently going on in politics. It would fill the exact same role. Or you could even tell them to make a meme about World War II. That's true. And that would actually be the exact same purpose as make a political cartoon about it. It just doesn't look traditional or academic. But the thing we have to get across is this. Depending on what the situation is. Now, in colleges, do I expect colleges to start doing this? Not necessarily. But we are public high school teachers. Mm -hmm. What is more important for our students to have an understanding of? The concepts that they are trying to understand or the fact that they are able to follow the framework that is expected of them from an academic point of view? Yeah, and I really do think it's an exact parallel to what we talked about last time. And just like we said about those diverse different styles of language, we also truly can find value in social media. Indeed we can. And hopefully on our next episode, you'll be able to see the value I have found from this program as I apply the three vital V's to my teaching career going forward. This was a TDWG presentation. Mm-hmm.